0: Today, I will not be talking about Deuteronomy. It's finished already. 30 chapters of Deuteronomy, we've done. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the series on Deuteronomy and I hope you really learned something from it. And the thing about Deuteronomy, let me just um, give you a summary. The book of Deuteronomy was written by Moses for for Joshua and those that were about to enter the promised land. And I believe that in this place we are all needing to hear this we need to all understand that now especially now that we can physically gather together that it's time for the church to take hold of the promises of God inside our lives and inside the lives of all those that we know and so I believe that just like they were in the wilderness the Israelites were in the wilderness Moses had rescued them and what happened? Moses couldn't enter the promised land, unfortunately, but Joshua did. And what Joshua did and is recorded and and written in the book of Joshua is that he did a lot of great exploits for God. He parted the the Jordan River. He took took them into the promised land. He defeated many battles against the Canaanites. These were his special moments. And what about Moses? Moses. Moses, he rescued them out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. He led them through the wilderness. He went up the mountain. He took the Ten Commandments. This is Moses. He went through a lot of things as well. And why I'm telling you all this is that unless there was something called time, these events could not happen. God placed us all inside something what I call time. Time. Time was needed for creation. The whole universe was created by time, space, and matter. In the beginning, that's time. God said, let there be light. He created this universe when time began. And life itself unfolds inside of time. Every single one of us are inside time. And without time, we will not exist. And the effects of time can can affect us individually and as a whole. Right now, the time is 5.35. And I hope I'll better finish my sermon on time. But those who know me, please pray for me. And those who I may stretch a bit, please give me Grace. And what I just told you there is called the chronological time. It's the chronos time. It's the time that can be measured. It's a time that is the same for everyone. You don't have your, your own individual five o'clock to come to service. But some of you think you do. <laughs> I'm glad some of you found that funny. <laughs> and so time itself, chronological but there's another, also another type of time that I also want to talk about and it's called the Kairos time. These times are known as seasons, eras and moments. The virus was, uh, in a way, it was still a Kairos time. It may not have been a good Kairos time but that season, I'm declaring, is over. Amen. That Kairos moment is gone and now it's time to go into the new moment. Into whatever God has for us and we need to take hold of that. Kairos moments, I like, to be, I like to call these Kairos moments as wow moments of life. Kairos moments are different for everyone. We don't have the same Kairos moments. These are special moments that every single person has in life that is unique to you. No one can have your Kairos moment. Your first word, your, your graduation, your first job, your first promotion, your, your marriage. I won't say first marriage. I declare you're only getting married once. And you don't have a first wife. You have one wife. Amen. Your first child, your first house, your first car, all these are first for you. And they are unique to you. Your Kairos moment. And these Kairos moments are your plans, purposes, and destinies that God has given you. And in these Kairos moments, the difference between Kairos moment and Kronos moments is Chronos, chronological time will move regardless whether you're catching to it or not. Whether you believe it's 540 something now, it will still be 540 something. You can't change that. But Kairos moments, they demand a choice. They demand you to make a decision. Every single Kairos moment you have requires a decision on you. And you need to, and only you are the one that can make that moment. And that's why it's so important, I feel, that we do live in our wow moments, in our own Kairos moments. Because these moments can change your life forever. Every single Kairos moment. You know, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, every single person that was used by God had great Kairos moments. They had moments that changed the nation, moments that changed history forever. David had his Kairos moment. He defeated Goliath the giant Elijah had his Kairos moment. He he challenged the prophets of Baal and sent down fire. Moses had his Kairos moment, rescued the the Israelites out of Egypt. Joshua had his Kairos moments. Gideon defeated the enemies with 300 against thousands. Queen Esther had her Kairos moment. And in fact, Mordecai, her cousin, reminded her of it because I think she was almost going to lose that Kairos moment. Mordecai had to warn her and said, maybe you were born for such a time as this. Maybe you were made to be queen to rescue the Israelites out of, uh, out of bondage. But you need to recognize those Kairos moments. You need to understand if these moments are from God because that is where the keys to your calling will lie. Your calling It's embedded in your Kairos moments. But the thing is about all these moments that I've told you about, they were very public. A lot of people know about it. But I want to tell you, every single moment in your life matters, whether it's small or big, private or public. In fact, I feel like until you have those victories in your own private Kairos moment, God cannot take you into your public Kairos moments. Just like King David, before he was king, he was a shepherd boy. He defeated lions and bears before he defeated Goliath. But he recognized that was his moment, his moment to defeat Goliath because I have seen the move of God in my own private moments and I will see the move of God in those public moments too. And that was the reason why he was able to do what he did. So don't despise all these moments you're having. And I believe a lot of you during the MCO had some Kairos moments. Maybe they were private. But I want to encourage you guys that every single moment is not wasted. Every single moment God gives you, he said that he knew you before you were even in your mother's womb and he ordained the days of your life, even the days that was during the MCO. And it's time for us to understand what kind of moments he was giving us. It's important for us to understand that our lives be following to God and he wants the best for us. And every single moment we live, we are growing, not just physically, we are growing spiritually. We're growing in our knowledge of God, in who He is. Choices will determine your future. Your Kairos moment, one Kairos moment will affect another. So it's so important that we need to take stock of this because that is the time when we mature, when we grow, when we become the people that God has called us to be. And I'm going to tell you a story in the Bible about Jesus, because firstly, I always say because I, I lead Life Gen, I always remind them that Life Gen does not belong to anyone except Jesus, and in, and I believe that this is true. And I speak on behalf of Pastor Chu and Pastor Lee Chu because they also believe that this church, the head of this church, will always be Jesus, and we are all following Jesus. And so I'm going to go into the story of Jesus. Jesus, he fed 5,000. And what happened was, after they fed 5,000, it was already late. And Jesus seemed to be in a hurry to tell the disciples to go to the other side of Capernaum. Through the river, through the, through the uh, lake, Lake of Galilee. And so he even, he even said, okay, you guys don't have to worry about bringing those people away. I will uh, dismiss them. I will do all this. But what I want you to do now is quickly go into a boat and go to the other side. And what happened was when we read the account, the disciples are on the boat. They're going to the other side. They're very obedient to Jesus. And Jesus, we are told, he takes his time. He dismisses them. He goes up to a mountain. He prays a bit. And then he sees, and I'm sure he saw the disciples there. And it was only after seven hours that the disciples were still in the Lake of Galilee that he came to them. And that moment when he came to them, he didn't have a boat. So what would you do if he didn't have a boat? What would you do? As Christians, I hope you say, I'll walk on water. (laughs) Right? Simple. Simple solution. And that's the solution God gave to Jesus just walk on the water. So he walked on the water going towards them. And the storm was very very bad because we know that it doesn't take seven hours to cross the Sea of Galilee. But they were still about halfway after seven hours buffeted by the storm and the wave. And so Jesus was walking along in a storm and waves. So I can tell you it was not plain sailing. It was not very quiet waters. He was walking there and we are told that this disciples see him, but they did not know it was Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. And what did they do? First thing they did, they screamed. They were afraid. They're scared. Can I tell you, that is usually the normal response of most people. And unfortunately, it's true for most Christians as well me included. Sometimes the often our default reaction is fear and I believe that was not the default reaction that God wanted us to have but because of what happened at the fall, they were afraid when God came to them. I believe there was a spirit but I believe that this spirit of fear is not part of you and tonight we're going to break some spirits. He has not given you a spirit of fear, of love, of power and a sound mind. And I'm declaring that. I just feel like in this season that the spirit of fear is trying to attack the people more and more. And we, as Christians who know Jesus, needs to be the one that overcome fear first. But let's look at this story. So they were scared. They were afraid. Natural response. Matthew 14:27. it says, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. So how would you respond? What would have been your response if you saw this ghostly figure? The disciples didn't listen. They remained afraid. Even though Jesus told them, don't be afraid. What about you? Have you ever heard God's voice and he told you, my son, my daughter, don't be afraid. But you still are holding on to that fear. It's time to let it go. It's time to let go. Jesus, take over. Sometimes this, this, this word, do not be afraid, comes from the Bible. Sometimes it's just an impression that God gives you. Do not be afraid. But I want to tell you, in this story, we have someone who is different. His name is Peter. And Peter, if for those who know the behavior of all the disciples from reading the gospel, you know that Peter was the one that was very rash, a lot of people say he didn't really have a brain, he didn't really think, he he operated from his heart and he did in this situation as well, Peter I would say is someone who is very unpredictable, you won't know what he's going to do next, how he will respond, he's very impulsive, and he didn't, he didn't think before he did. In many ways, I would feel that Peter's response was ridiculous. It's foolish. It's not something that people should do. And this is what Peter said to, that, to seeing that ghostly figure in Matthew 14, 28. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. The story of Peter helps us to understand how to live in our wow moments, living in our Kairos moments. I found there are four S of living in your wow moments because I like when Pastor do the S's, so I'm, I'm attempting it. So hopefully the S's will stick. <laughs> Amen. So the first one is situation. Let Jesus in your situation. When Peter realized It could be Jesus. He said, if it is you, tell me to come. He invited Jesus into that situation. Peter's response to Jesus is very unusual. It's not the normal thing because he wasn't even sure. But it's one thing, seeing Jesus walking on water and saying, wow, Jesus, you're amazing. It's another thing to say, tell me to come to you. I think, Nine out of ten of us would not say that. We will say, Jesus, help me on the boat. Come to me. Not, let me come to you. But he asked Jesus into the situation. And he wasn't even sure whether it was Jesus. And I believe it's because he was so excited to see Jesus. He didn't think. He was so enthusiastic to come into the presence of God that he didn't think. He just said, he didn't even think that there was a storm. He didn't even remember he was on a boat, buffeted by the waves. He just saw, oh, it's Jesus. Tell me to come to you, my, my, my Lord, Jesus. That's what he did. And can I say that? That was a moment that was very unsure. And if you look at that scripture, it says, if it is you. Sometimes our wow moments happen in our iffy moments. What is an iffy moment? It's not 100% certain. Iffy moments have doubt and it has uncertainty. Iffy moments are what the world knows, by the way. There is this saying, not not this saying, but there's this term that people use, a new word. It's called FUD. F-U-D. Fear, uncertainty and doubt. It's going across the world. So, it was there in Peter's time and it is still here now. There is fear and uncertainty and doubt. But Peter didn't say, Give me another sign. How many of us, when we feel like God told us, but we still ask for another sign? He didn't say that. Instead, he said, If it is you, tell me to come. Peter didn't ask for another sign. Instead, he asked Jesus for an instruction. He engaged with Jesus. He said, Let me come to you. He was hungry. He wanted God. He wanted Jesus in that situation. And so what did Peter do? Let's go to Matthew 14, 29b. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. One word was enough for Peter to walk out of the boat. One word was enough for Peter to walk on water. One word was enough for Peter to have his Kairos moment, the wow moment. W-O-W. The walking on water moment. I hope you remember it from now on. Next time you're in a storm, let your first response is, wow, I'm walk on water, man. Amen. Peter had his wow moment instead of what I call a woe moment. Woe is me. What is a woe moment? Woe moments are distress Stressing times, troubling times, fearful moments. The leaven on the boat was having a woe moment, but Peter was having his wow moment. Let us turn our woe moments into wow moments. When Jesus comes into your situation, iffy moments become wow moments. Woe moments become wow moments. Woe moments can turn to wow moments. So do not take, do not lose heart. Do not be discouraged. So what happened next? Matthew 14, 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Cried out, Lord, save me. The walking on water moment, I would like to say that he got to Jesus, but unfortunately, it was very short-lived. He didn't really get so far. Peter was distracted. He was focusing on what? The storm. And that leads me to my next S. No, it's not storm. My next S is sight. Living in your wild moments requires you to have sight. What is sight? Fix your eyes on Jesus. See Jesus and only Jesus. When Peter began to sing, he didn't cry. The funny thing is, he didn't cry to the leaven. As he began to sink, he cried to who? Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And this is a very important truth, I feel. Sometimes when we go through life, when we go through storms, when we are sinking in our lives, Jesus is the last person we call to. We call to all the other things, all the 11 on the boat, except for Jesus. Let us try to call to Jesus when we are sinking. And I feel some of us feel like we are sinking. But today, as you call on Jesus and you let him into your situation, he gives you his sight to see him. Things will change. And what did Jesus do? Did Jesus say, I just told you to walk on water for a little while and you can still sing. I'm not going to save you. Did Jesus say that? If you know Jesus, you know he wouldn't say that. The word is immediately. Not Later, not when he feels like it, when Peter called on the name of Jesus, immediately Jesus came to his rescue. And I'm declaring that whatever you are sinking in in life, immediately Jesus is coming to your rescue. Jesus is going to be for you. Be there with you. Matthew 14, 31. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, Jesus said. He did do some rebuking now. He is a teacher after all. Jesus said, why did you doubt? The third S of living in your wow moments is secure. Why did he doubt? That was a rhetorical question because Jesus said, I'm here. Why are you scared? Why are you doubting? Some of you who are parents, sometimes when your children behave in a way as if you're not there, you go to them and say, don't be like this. I'm here. And I feel like Jesus is saying that to you now. Don't doubt. Don't be afraid. I am here. I'm here for you. And doubt is the opposite of faith. And we need faith to please God. You know why? Because faith is relationship with God. That's why it pleases Him. He doesn't do it for no reason. It is required to connect with God because faith is what? It's trusting in somebody. And when you trust in Jesus, when you trust in God, His words and His promises will come to you. He wants to give you His word. He wants to give you His promises. Notice that the doubting didn't start when Peter saw the ghostly figure. Notice the doubting didn't start when he climbed out of the boat. Notice the doubting didn't start when he started to walk on water. The doubting started when he got close to Jesus. Sometimes it is when you are about to get the closest to Jesus, when the storm will hit you the hardest. And that is the time when you cannot be intimidated. You cannot take your eyes off Jesus because Jesus could be just one more step away and you will reach to Jesus He could be just around the corner and his hand is there for you. It's important that we must not let the situation and circumstances dictate our faith, dictate how we see God because it's not based on that. It's based on his word and his promises. And Peter, the moment he was walking on water, getting closest to Jesus was when he doubted, when his faith was hit the greatest. And the enemy sometimes does that. We need to know the enemy so we can defeat his works. Sometimes when you're about to get your breakthrough, is when the enemy will hit you the hardest. Sometimes when you're about to see a miracle in your life, is when the enemy will hit you the hardest. Sometimes it's when you're going to your wow moments, is when the enemy will try to hit you the hardest. And in those moments, you need to have sight. You need to see Jesus. And you need to then have be secure in who you are secure to know that you can trust Jesus completely we don't trust anybody except Jesus and now i'm going to go back to peter as he was sinking It seems like he failed, right? seems like he couldn't get to Jesus. But can I say one thing? At least he tried. At least a little faith to step out of the boat, although he got rebuked. Sometimes it's not a bad thing when God rebukes you. It means you're getting further than the 11. The 11 disciples remained on the boat. Peter was special. And that is my fourth S of living in your wow moment is the word special. Special means be the exception to the rule. Who was the majority? 11 to 1. 11 disciples on the boat. Peter, the only one. Peter was the odd one out. Peter was the exception. Be the exception, not the rule. This is a legal term. It means to be the exception and not the rule means it's not the norm. It's not the natural thing to do. It's not the usual thing. It's not the common thing. Wow well moment happens to the special, not the normal. Wow well moments happen to the exceptional. That's why they are exceptional. They stand out. God wants to use people that are exceptional. Peter was not the common opinion, not the worldly opinion not the things that you normally would do, usually do. Only Peter got out of the boat. Only Peter walked on water. Only Peter had the faith, even though it was little. But it was enough to get him out of the boat. The rest remained on the boat. You see, oftentimes in life, and when I'm saying this, I'm saying this for myself as well. When things seem to be unfamiliar to us. Things seem to be a bit unsure. fad, Fear, uncertainty and doubt. When we have that, sometimes when those things happen, we do not do anything. And sometimes we feel Use an excuse that we are waiting. I want to say, when you're waiting on God, you don't wait passively. You wait with attention. That's why a waiter is not only doing his job when he's setting the table in a fine dining restaurant. The waiter is doing his job at the side, standing there, full attention on the customer. And I believe that that is what we need to do in this 40 days of prayer and fasting. We need to wait upon God, not in a passive way, but in a way where we are wanting more of Jesus. Wanting more of God. Fasting and praying is not about you. It's about your connection with Jesus. And that is what it's about. And I know that this church is a praying church and it's a fasting church. And I know that because of that, we are going to hear that word come so much clearer, so much easier because of that. But oftentimes we say, I'm going to wait. And in the negative sense, sometimes could it be we say this because we want to see if someone else is going to do it instead. If someone else going to do it, then I'll follow. But what if God wanted you to be the first one to do it? What if that was your wow moment? Who else defeated Goliath? If David didn't do it, who would do it? Every single one of you have wow moments in life. Don't wait for the next person to do it. Maybe it's requiring you to do it first so that other people will follow. Maybe you are supposed to be the solution to the situation. You see, we were all born to be a solution, not a problem. And every time God wanted to rescue the Israelites, a baby will pop out. Because God works His miracle and His rescue plan through people. You are a solution to someone's problem. Amen. And going back to the majority, don't base your decision on the majority. The majority may not be right. Eleven to one. It is dependent on who said it. Did God say it? Joshua and Caleb, told spies. Joshua and Caleb was the only two who said, "Let's take hold of the promised land." The ten majority said, "No, it's too hard." Just like Joshua and Caleb, Peter was the exception. He was exceptional. He was the minority. And every single time you live your wow moment, can I say, you are exceptional. Every single one of us is special. None of us are forgotten. None of us are useless. None of us were created for no reason. You have a purpose, a plan. And God always tries to remind us that. The minority. Peter verses 11 disciples. God may direct you to do things that no one else is able to do, you are the solution. And if God said it, then the impossible becomes possible. God told Joshua and Caleb to take the promised land. Jesus told Peter to come. What is that? It's words. It's a voice that we hear. And listening to the wrong voice can stop you from being special, from being exceptional. Many voices that we must not listen to is important. When Jesus said, my sheep will recognize my voice, he didn't say all the other voices will be shut down. He just said they will recognize my voice. That means there are other voices that is trying to be louder than the voice of God in your life. And we must not allow that. The first voice that I see in this story is the voice of the storm. What is the voice of the storm? What does it tell you? You are going nowhere. You're not strong enough. You're not good enough. You're not skilled enough. You're not special enough. You're not worthy enough. You're not faithful enough. You're not brave enough. There are only one voice that matters and it is the voice of God. There is another voice. The second voice that I that I see in this story is the voice of the eleven. What is the voice of the eleven? The eleven other disciples are on the boat. This is the voice, and they may sound like this. Stay on the boat, it's safe. Peter, don't be foolish. Don't get out of the boat. Don't do that. Don't be reckless again. If you do that, you're gonna fall and you drown, you die. It's not Jesus. It's someone else. That is the voice of the eleven. And the voice of the eleven can sometimes sound like a voice of fear. But sometimes it doesn't sound like that. Sometimes the voice of the eleven sounds very rational. Sounds very reasonable. Sounds very logical. Most more logical. Stay on the boat or walk on water. Who are the voice of the leaven in your life? The voice of the leaven can sometimes be your past. In fact, you know, David, before he battled Goliath, he battled many other battles, including his his father, who didn't think much of him, his brother, who said, Why are you here? And even King Saul said, Who are you to be able to defeat Goliath? Those are the voices that are saying he lacks. But every single time he shut them down, he didn't believe those voices. And the voice of the leaven for Peter could have sounded like this. Fishermen don't walk on water. The voice of your past is the voice of the leaven. I am too old to have dreams. I'm too young to lead anyone. I'm too uneducated to be happy. I am too poor to, to, to be rich. I have made too many mistakes to be loved by God. If you've been hearing that voice, it's a voice of the enemy and it's a lie because God loves you unconditionally. It's time to come back. You need to learn to tell the voice of the leaven with your voice. I'm not in the same boat as you. I'm not listening to you. You need to tell the Voice of the leaven. I in fact, this may be a boat, but I don't need the boat to walk on water. You need to tell the voice of the leaven that I'm stepping out of this boat. Now let us look at the boat. What is the boat? Where was the boat? The boat had front row seats. It was in the midst of the action. For those who have been to like water shows, you know that when you are closest to the action, it's called something, the chairs that are there, the seats that are there are called the splash zone. And oftentimes in the splash zone is where you get wet. And so I believe the disciples were at the front row seat. They were in the storm and this ghostly figure comes towards them. But I want to say, just because you get wet, just because you're in the splash zone, doesn't mean you're participating. The eleven were still on the boat. They were still spectators. They weren't participants. But what is the boat? In most circumstances, the boat is a good thing, right? It keeps afloat. It stops you from sinking. It stops you from drowning. It's familiar and they were mainly fishermen. So they knew how to control the boat. They can trust the boat on the waters. They can rely on the boat to not sink. They know the engineering of the boat. But you see, the boat was not always a good thing. In this circumstance, the boat was what stopped them from trusting God. A good thing is not always a God thing, but a God thing is always a good thing. And you need to understand this. So don't look at circumstances, whether they're good or bad, but see if God is there. And the voice you need to listen to that voice of God, and I hope during this prayer and fasting we will so, have so much clarity to His voice. It's not based on how many words it was, how clear the words were. Jesus only said, come. One word. One word was enough for Peter. Has God told you one word? Come. And He's waiting for you to step out into your wow moments. And so here, The boat was stopping them from trusting God. I want to remind you, your boat is like your security, the things you are familiar with, the things you know well. Your boat is not God. Let God be God. We trust in the name of the Lord. We must remember this. The boat stopped them from walking on water. The boat stopped them from having their wow moments. The boat stopped them from living in the impossible, the abundant. Don't let your history become your destiny. Don't let your past determine your future ones. Don't let your failures or fear of failure to stop you. Don't be stuck on the boat, going nowhere fast. Don't listen to the voice of the boat. The boat has a voice. Time to have your wow well moments. And in this whole story, we know that Peter sank. And when he started sinking, he cried to Jesus. Immediately, Jesus came. And Jesus takes him by the hand and walks him back to the boat. Did you know that in the story? And, and when they reached the boat in Matthew 14, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. That doesn't make sense. Wouldn't it be easier if the wind died down when he cried out for help and Jesus came and rescued him? Sometimes when Jesus is in your situation and he's rescuing you, it doesn't mean the circumstances have changed. But God is there. Jesus is there. He's taking you back onto the boat. Why was the storm not stopped? When Jesus reached out His hand, why did they have to stop when they reached the boat only? I would like to suggest it's because sometimes these things are a test. Unless you are tested, you won't know the authority and power that is in your hands. You won't know how powerful God is until you are tested. And if I was to grade Peter and the disciples in this test, I would give Peter 50 out of 100. And the disciples got what? Zero. I know for a lot of you, it's not good enough. You want 100 out of 100, right? Unfortunately, in this story, no one got 100 except Jesus. Do you want 100 in your test? Time to live your wow moments. Live your wow moments in life. Earlier I said, life is not about spectating, but about participating. I want to use this illustration and I'm going to to close soon. In a football match, those who like football, I know someone here loves football. (laughs) But those who like football or you do love football, why is it, can I ask you, when you're watching a game, a match on TV, you get so excited? And when your team scores, you jump in the air and you're so happy. But when they lose, you get so disappointed and you're like so sad, almost as if you were playing the game. Why do you feel like that? Because you were designed. You know why? You were designed not to be a spectator, but to be a participant. You need to learn to participate in your life. Don't live your life spectating, letting all these wow moments go by you. It's like I say in a coaster ride. Just because you see the roller coaster going fast and fast, and you say, Wow, it's so scary, and then it zooms past you and the wind blows on you doesn't mean you went on the roller coaster, by the way. You need to go onto the roller coaster to really experience the roller coaster. Same for your life. You need to experience it. Otherwise, you can't say that roller coaster was really adrenaline rush. You can't say that because you never experienced it. And I believe that is what life is about. God wants us to experience Him in our lives. He wants the heaven to meet earth. He wants your normal life to become an a exceptional life. He wants your natural life to become a supernatural life. He wants to bring heaven to earth in your life. In your life, you are an exception. Everyone has wow moments and it's time to live them and that's why I, I, I don't know when I'm going to be speaking in SIB um, in the future, but I know this is a time and a season. And, and I know one thing in my own life, a lot of my wow moments was during times when I engaged with God, when I encountered Him. And He revealed a little bit more about Himself because we worship Him in spirit and in truth. And the truth will renew our mind and change us and transform us. And so a lot of times I find is when I'm in a conference, when I am in a gathering of a lot of people, that sometimes things in my life change. I start to see things differently. And that's why for myself and Tabby, when we do have the time, we do like to go for conferences. Not so that we can have a holiday, but that's part of the reason. But we want to have more of God. We want to see what God is doing in other people's lives. And actually, the word church means a gathering of people. Ecclesia is actually a gathering of people. And because of that, in a few months' time, LifeGen is going to have a power conference. We're not having it for the sake of having it because we believe that that is the time when people will receive their wow moments. Some will be private, some will be public. But what I want to ask from you guys is to pray for us, is to pray that this event will succeed and that many people who have been sinking will start to ask Jesus to come into their situation. And this power conference is going to be on the 30th to the 2nd. So do, especially I know when we're in the season of prayer and fasting, the prayers are more powerful because we're truly engaging with God. So I this is mainly for, for, for the next generation, but all are welcome. And one of the things I want to tell you is that although this is a next-gen, and one of the things is, life gen is a very much a next-gen church, is that they are looking for spiritual fathers and mothers. I can tell you, you guys are important, whether you're from the next-gen, from this-gen, or from the-gen. People say it's the gen that has passed, but God doesn't work that way. He's the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. He's the God of all generations. And in fact, we are not even... Just a, a, a Moses generation, not even a Joshua generation. You know what we are? We are Jesus generation. And when we are Jesus generation, amen, that's right. When we are Jesus generation, he said, go. He told Peter to come. He's telling you to go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Because power has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses and you will show them the goodness of God. And so, this is um, our, our power conference. And yeah, I, I want to show you uh, the, the, the video so that you can pray alongside with us. Yeah, I just showed the video. I just showed the video. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's give God all the glory. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm going to close now because the worship team's up. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I I sometimes like, I, I want us to be relaxed because we're in our Father's house. And it's only when we are relaxed that's when we can come into a greater presence of God. Enter His courts with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. And his enter his gates with praise rather and his courts with thanksgiving. We have so much to thank God for, so many things that God has done for us. And I feel some of us we need to start to understand how special we are, and that God made you unique. You're born for such a time as this, not by accident. Maybe God. Is waiting for you to live your wow moments. You know, for me, the one thing that I don't want in my life is to have a lot of ifs and buts at the end of the day. The things that I could have done that I didn't do have many regrets. And if you have breath in your lungs, God still has a plan for your life. God still has many wow moments. Joshua, when he was a spy and he went into the promised land, he was, he was 40 years old. The time he took over, when he took, took possession of the land, he was 80. And in the Bible it says his strength was even greater than 40 years ago. He was as young, as, as vibrant as he was 40 years ago. And I'm declaring that in this church, spiritual mothers and fathers, we will rise. Because I can tell you, it's what we need. We need you to come beside us. Maybe one thing is praying for us, but I believe that there is one thing that the previous generation, I'm calling them previous, but I don't believe that, that a generation that is before us has a privilege to do and is to leave a spiritual inheritance. And I believe that a lot of us will continue to have our wow moments. But we need to come. We need to take that step of boldness. I feel some of us, you may be in a storm right now. And you've been crying out to the 11 on the boat. They can't help you, by the way. They're in a worse position than you. It's time to cry out to Jesus. And I know when you do that, your wow moment is coming. In the Word of God, it says in Revelations that we overcome Him with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. Test- testimonies is a test. That's how we overcome the enemy until you know you can defeat the enemy it will always be fiery you need to walk in them knowing that power and authority has been given to you time to be strong and courageous like Joshua time to call upon the name of Jesus so right now we are going to worship God and some of you, you, have, you need prayer I don't know what it's for but we are in this together. Let us not stay on the boat. So we're going to worship God. And you see, some of you may be still waiting on Jesus and you are truly are waiting, not the passive waiting. Jesus only came to them after seven hours of them buffeted by the waves and the winds. Some of you may be in a situation where you feel like, where is God? in this whole story? Where is God in my life? I read all the promises in the Bible but none of them seem to come through. Jesus may be walking towards you right now but it's time to recognize it's Jesus. Don't be like the 11 and think it's a ghost. It is Jesus. He said, it is I. Jesus, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And so right now, as we stand and we worship God, I want to open the altar for those who who feel like they need God. They are going through a sinking moment in life. And you need God to come. You need God to come immediately into your situation. There are people here who I know the pastors love you all and they want to pray for you and we're in this together. And some of you, maybe you heard the word come but you need the strength and the boldness to come. Don't forget the word is not based on how long or how short it is but it's based on who said it. If God said come, you can truly trust His word. So if that is you and you need God to give you that strength that can courage just like Joshua to come you can come to the front as well. And before we worship I know that every single moment matters. And for those who do not know Jesus I always give this invitation because I know I only became a Christian when I was 24 but Sometimes I wish I was a Christian much earlier. Then I would have live my wow moments so much earlier. And if that is you, you've never asked Jesus into your heart and you want to invite Him into your heart and into your life, into your situation so that you have sight of Him. So that you can be special. Called by Him. If there's a tugging in your heart right now, can I ask you to just put your hand to your heart. If those online you can, you, you, you are also invited, but those that are here, if you want to receive Christ for the very first time, can you stand to my left and someone will pray for you. And I know you will have such an amazing life. So right now, let us just put our hands to our heart and repeat these after me if you receive Jesus. Even for you, if you want to remind yourself how God, how good God is. Jesus, I believe you are my Lord and Saviour. Jesus, I believe you came to earth, died on a cross, and rose again on the third day and given me eternal life. I repent and turn away from my sinful ways and trust in you. Jesus, give me the strength. This one can I have, I would encourage everyone to say this because I know we all have wow moments just waiting to happen. Jesus, give me the strength and courage to step out of the boat when you tell me to come. Help me to have my wild moments in life and walk on water. Help me not to be a spectator, but be a participant in life, my life, in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Let us praise God. Let us worship God. To receive prayer because there is power when we do this together it is time to be encouraged so right now if you need prayer any type of prayer people are here wanting to pray this is church this is family this is a gathering of his people so I invite you to come up to come up to receive prayer spiritually.
1: with without borders, let me walk upon the waters, wherever you will
0: call me. Take me deeper than my feet
1: Hallelujah. ever wander, and my feet will be stronger in the presence of my Savior. I just sense in my spirit that there's more of you here that needs to respond because this is a Kairos moment. It's true. Many, many years ago, many years ago, there's only about 20 of us in the early days, you know. And I remember the speaker said one thing. Someone here, he said, has got diabetes, blood pressure, asthma, as well as eczema. It's only 20 of the people. But I know there was one lady who has all four. I looked at her, you know. She put her head down. She never came up. And within... I will say five or six years she passed away and I remember that moment only 20 were people and he said there's a woman like that she missed it and I sense in my spirit that there are people here who are going through storms in your life with your family your business healings I don't know or someone you know in your loved one who's not here who's sick you come so we're going to sing this song the reason why I come up is because I know that I sing in my spirit if you take this moment, especially one we are in this 40 days of fast and pray. a lot of us are praying and fasting it's a wonderful atmosphere this is one of the best sermons I've heard on Peter walking the water, you know that? one of the best sermons I've heard I've heard so many Conventional sermons But there are are points that Pastor Mike picked up Which I didn't even know myself So This is an exceptional moment Understand So my prayer Is that even as we sing this song And you feel a tugging in your spirit For your family For your businesses For your health For your relationship For for your business For your career For your future I don't know what You come And seize that moment Seize that moment. Will you do that? And then we'll close. Let's sing this song. Hallelujah. The altar is open. The altar is open. Shandara, shandara Shandai, oh, Ramallah, Spirit,
0: nada,
1: Hallelujah. Waters, Thank you Jesus you, will you call me and my feet could ever Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. In the presence of my Savior, oh. Spirit lead me where oh, my trust Thank you, 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 Lord. Thank you, you. And my faith could be made stronger In the presence of your my Saviour Church, look to, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Don't worry about what's happening here. God is in the house. You look to Him. Understand? You look to Him. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I call upon your name. Keep my eyes above the So arrested,
0: your embrace. I am
1: your Your. woes. You are mine. Think softly, or the music plays while ministry goes to the front. You know, just stay where you are. Just stay where you are while ministry goes to the front. I want to pass the stage back to Pastor Mike in a short while but just feel in my spirit I want all of you to be blessed every one of you so even though you don't come can I ask you to convert wherever you are standing into an altar will you do that that one square feet or two square feet God is here God is there God is up there as well God is also in your home if you're online understand God is everywhere So I want every one of you to be blessed. Not a single person who has heard this sermon will walk out not blessed. Not a single person in the home or in the living room who heard this sermon will not not be blessed because God wants to bless you. God delights to bless you. So wherever you're standing up there, down here, I'm going to give you a short moment. Convert wherever you're standing in the altar. Do you believe it? Believe it. How much faith? Mustard seed. That's all you need. So, wherever you're standing now, whatever situation that you're in, whatever situation you're in, will you surrender it to the Lord? Unless you've got no problems. Huh? Unless you got no issues. Huh? I doubt it. i got issues. I don't know about you. So whatever it is concerns you before we leave it tonight. Let's surrender it to the Lord. Shall we do that? So every one of you, without exception, Wherever you're standing, front to back, left to right, top to bottom, in the home, this is your Kairos moment. The ministry goes to the front. Will you surrender your problem to the Lord in prayer? Will you do that? I'm going to give you a short moment to do that. I'm going to then ask Pastor Mike the closest in prayer. Every one of you, come on, God is in the house. You're safe here. I always say, if you are not safe in the house of God, where are you safe? Where are you safe? Understand, this is the house of God. You are safe. So every one of you, don't worry about what happened here. We're not doing it for sure. Huh? You connect with God. Will you do that? I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to do it now. Will you do that? Come everyone. Oh, Whatever your issue. Could be your father, could be your mother, could be your office, could be your family, could be your children, could be your career, could be your health, I don't know. You connect with God right now. You do that. You do that, every one of you. Every one of you without exception. Oh, Ramanda, Come on, don't worry about what's happening in front. You connect with God in your own way. You can close your eyes if you want to, so that you can be alone with God. Oh, Ramanda. I'm going to stop talking. All right. And you're going to connect with God for the next couple of minutes. Thank you, Jesus.
0: in the garden the thing that the enemy stole from creation was a relationship with God and when God came they were naked and they were afraid so nakedness is about shame guilt and condemnation and they were scared today I believe that God wants to restore you so that you do not have that feeling of fear or of shame. Today, tonight, God is going to take that away with the precious blood of Jesus. Cleanse you so that you know that you are a child of God. I feel like tonight as I pray, I want to pray against the spirit of of fear. Because that was the one thing that stopped them from walking on water when Jesus said, It is I, Jesus, do not be afraid. Right now, if you have been having fears, if you've been fearing this and that and you know it and you need prayer for it, I want you to stretch your hands and I want to just pray against that because that was the one thing that stopped them from receiving their wow moments in life. So right now, Holy Spirit, you take over this place. You take over this service. You take over their lives thank you Lord that you have not given us a spirit of fear so right now we renounce fear so if you feel like you've been having fear you say to yourself I renounce fear in my life, fear of whatever you may if the Holy Spirit prompts you to say it just renounce that particular fear right now, I renounce fear Yes. and I believe that you have given me the spirit of love the spirit of power and the spirit of Of a sour mind, self-control. Thank you God. Right now I declare that any works of the enemy, anything that is linked to fear, be banished, be cast out in the name of Jesus. I declare that we will truly walk in an abundant life, a life that was meant to be lived by us. I declare that none of us will lose any of the ordained days that Jesus and God had gave us from the very beginning of time. And I declare that every single one of us we start to walk in our wow moments, water, water, walking on water moments in life. So I thank you God. I thank you that you love us and that you have a plan and a purpose for us, plan to prosper us and to give us a hope and a future. And so today, As we are dismissed as the church, that we will be good, that we will understand that you have already said, Go in his power and in his might, and you have been given the victory. So, right now, I declare that we will have victories. In our lives, in our workplace, in our school. Yes. Even if there are sicknesses, yes. we will have victories Whoa. over them because Whoa. anything that can yeah. be named, Whoa. Jesus' name is above every other name. And we declare that you are Lord and Savior in Jesus' most precious name. All His children say, Amen. 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 Wow. Whoa.